SAFM Sports Wrap. This is South Africa's news and information. Lead lots of football to talk about. Uh, Bafana Bafana squad announcement earlier today with Stuart Baxter. There's still lots of talk about uh, that uh, Senegalese clash that uh, needs to be replayed uh, as was ordered by FIFA. We join now by Soccer Duma's Joe Cran. Joe, welcome back onto the show. Thanks for, for joining us this evening. All good, man. How are you doing? Yeah, fantastic, Joe. Uh, just before we get on to uh, the the sort of possibility of uh, appeals, let, let's just touch on that Bafana squad today that Stuart Baxter announced for the clash against Burkina Faso, uh, including Dino and Glover. Your thoughts on uh, on the youngsters' inclusion? Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's been a there's, there's always going to be questions asked about a national team whenever a squad um, selected. I mean. People want to see their favourite players in the national team, and, and that's not going to change. It doesn't matter whether it's in South Africa or UK or Brazil or wherever. Um, I mean, obviously, there's a couple of question marks in there. I mean, um, personally, I was surprised to see Matoho. I think um, Towers uh, obviously not only had a, a bad get a couple of sorry, a bad game against Cape Verde when he got his red card, but also hasn't been in the best of form for, for Chiefs either. Um, so that one, that one surprised me. I'm, I'm happy for, for young Lebo Matiba. I've been watching him play in France um, this season and he's, he's done really, really well over there. Obviously, Bakamani Maslambi, we know the ability that he's got. We know um, what kind of talent he is. And and, uh, and I think uh, with Reed Frosler coming in at fullback as well, um, we saw how, how badly the, the two fullbacks struggled against Cape Verde in terms of uh, delivery, in terms of getting forward. And I think that Reeves has been doing exactly that for Vitz. And it's, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's positive to me. And, I mean, this, like I say, you're always going to have these these issues with a national team. I think um, interesting for me is is the guys like uh, Ranti, Erasmus, Mobaya. These guys all dropped, and um, looking at the looking at what's what's happened, and, and given the stuff that Baxter talked about with ill discipline and things happening at the hotel and that sort of thing, I, I'm very interested to to see sort of which of these emissions have been have been chosen because of uh, of non-football issues. I think it could also come down to um, attitude and things that have, have gone on behind the scenes. And I mean, credit to Baxter, he says that he's not going to throw his players under the bus. He's not going to um, name names. He did single out Bongoni Zungu because he felt that he was being dealt with unfairly by the media. So that was the only real name he mentioned in that regard. And I think that um, he's he's doing his best to protect the players, even if uh, if people want to read between the lines, I suppose. Yeah, I wanted to ask you that because he also said that uh, the, the selections and he justified the new selections. It was almost a, a horses for courses type of thing, saying that the conditions were different. They're not playing on AstroTurf like they did in Cape Verde. But like you say, there, there have been other issues. Do you think it's uh, a bit of both? Or, I mean, in, you, in your opinion, what do, you, what do you think it is? Is it uh, the discipline issues or is it horses for courses? I think it's a bit of both. I think, I think the, with, with the one thing that Baxter has been very um, open about is the fact that he said he's not picking. Um, picking squads to sort of please people. He's not picking squads to um, pick youngsters because they need a run out. He's picking the squad to best suit the opposition that they're coming up against. And and I think that is, that is the case. I mean, he he mentioned before with with Villa Cardi in the last in the last squad that he didn't pick Villa because he didn't feel like the the turf was was right for him. Now we're back to back on grass and. And he's picked Villa Cosby back in the squad. I mean, rightly or wrongly, in terms of whether people want Villa in the side, um, that is, it, it does look to be to be part of it. And I think that, like like you say, it is, it is probably a bit of both. Um, there clearly was some issues, some disciplinary issues, and some problems in the hotel after the game. But um, Baxter was also quick to point out and say that this was after both games. It wasn't during. It, it's not a sort of an excuse for 
the way the results panned out, it was something that happened afterwards, and that that's um, that was that was something that he was sort of quick to point out. So, I mean, personally, I do think there is um, some some more to it than than just a case of these guys being dropped for um, for football reasons, like I said. Well, we are playing Burkina Faso beginning of October, uh, and uh, the news in, in the last sort of day or so is that uh, the Burkina Faso Football Federation are challenging FIFA's ruling to replay the game between us and Senegal. This this story's got legs, and, and I, I've got the feeling we we far from seeing this thing concluded. Definitely not. Um, we, it's, I think when 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 this ruling was passed down, um, I, I think I said at the time that this was going to open up a can of worms, and it certainly has done. I mean. The the fact of the matter is this this game is, is it happened a while ago now. Um, it's, it's difficult really to to know the the right way to go about it. I mean, there is a precedent for for playing games um, for replaying games that has happened before. Um, hasn't happened for match fixing, but it has happened because of a a, re- a glaring referee error, um, and that seems to be what they're, they're doing now. I mean, obviously, there isn't this this isn't being replayed because a referee made a mistake. This game is being replayed because <laughs> they're, they're saying that this, the, the match was manipulated. The referee's been banned for life. And, and obviously we want to cut that out of the game. And it's it's very difficult to say which is the right way about it. But um, obviously as a, as a football team, uh, especially in a group stage, the, the results elsewhere affects what happens with you. And, and, and Burkina Faso will be saying, um, look, we, we've based our... our uh, performances um, on the fact that, that South Africa have four points and that Senegal don't. And, and if Senegal then end up with a, a win, if they win this replay, then it does change the group around completely and it could um, affect them pretty badly. So that's that's obviously why they're doing it. They're saying it's, uh, I think, abusive power is the word they used. Um, and, and yeah, this has definitely got legs. It's definitely not going to be uh, settled anytime soon, but um, I'm sure Baxter and Safa especially will be they just want to, to get this over. They've obviously um, said they're not going to appeal the ruling, so it looks like Burkina Faso are going to do it for him. And the interesting thing is, if Burkina Faso win that appeal, obviously Senegal won't be happy, and they and they will then probably launch some action. So, as you say, it's it's just it's getting messy. Yeah, it's getting very messy, and I mean, the, this ruling has gone through um, the, the gone through CAS as well. So it's not just a FIFA thing that they have taken to the. The highest body in in footballers, it's what in sport even. So that is, it's, this isn't something that they've taken lightly, and it's probably why it's taken so long is because they've had to go through CAS as well. Um, but now it's going to be very interesting now for me. I, I'm 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 intrigued to see. I mean, the, the game's meant to take place relatively shortly, so um, yeah, it's it, it's something that they need to get sorted. It's something they need to finalise and. And I think, personally, I, I think that FIFA needed to have, need to have been a, a little bit more open. Um, about the reasons why they've been very vague about what they've said. They've, they've said that he was he obviously Lamptey was banned for life, and this was the decision. But they haven't said why. They, all they've said is that um, the two nations, um, the, 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 the Senegalese FA and the South African FA, that weren't involved. Um, and, and if that is the case, then there is obviously an argument to say then then if it wasn't manipulated for either of the two teams, then should the game be replayed? It was done for. Uh, a betting syndicate or something like that. That's the only the only other option. So, yeah, it's good to say it's very complicated. It's very messy, and and uh, to be honest, I think at this point, um, Baxter especially and his, his technical team will just want to to know where they stand and know what they need to do with the next three games if there is three games to play. 
Absolutely. Well, Joe, as always, great to catch up. Thanks for your time this evening, and we look forward to touching base again soon here on SFM Sports Trap. Definitely. We'll, see, we'll chat again soon. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. You're listening to South Africa's news and information leader. I'm Brad Brown, and uh, the new Proteas coach, Otis Gibson, seems to have hit the ground running this week. He arrived in the country uh, late uh, this weekend. Press conference with Cricket South Africa yesterday, and I believe he's been hanging out at the Sunfoil Series clashes over the last two days. We join now by former Protea Paul Adams. Paul, welcome on to SAFM Sports Trap this evening. Thanks for your time. Good evening. <laughs> Paul, not too much time for, for Otis Gibson to, to ready himself and get into the swing of things with Bangladesh uh, arriving and, and that series starting uh, pretty soon. But uh, your initial thoughts on, on the noises that Otis Gibson is making? Yeah, I think it's, um, look, it's, he's, a, he's a new coach coming in and it's always a, a one where you've got to get a feel from the players about what the environment's like. And and also, as a coach, you you, you want to make it your type of feeling about how you want to go about things. Um, but uh, it's getting buying of players and, and making sure everyone's in the, on the right path and, and heading in the same direction. He's made no bones about it. He wants to get the Proteas back to number one in all three formats of the game. He's also looking at winning the, nine, uh, the 2019 Cricket World Cup. Uh, I mean, the goals are lofty, and uh, if it all comes to fruition, he would have done a great job. Yeah, I think, uh, I think every coach that comes in, he, he, he sets high standards. Um, and I think he's, he's been a successful coach uh, with the West Indies and, and also with the England side of the bowling coach. So he's got a vast array of, of experience with the various coaches, various um, cricketers around the world. And, and hopefully he brings a different perspective, a different view at how to do certain things. Um, and it only can, can both good for, for any cricketing side in, in when you have a bit of change, but you've got to have an open mindset to to really accept uh, a different point of view of, of how to do things. Well, you, you mentioned uh, a different perspective. I mean, Russell Domingo's been in charge for a while. He's, he's had some great results uh, with the Proteas. Uh, last year, he's in charge, probably not what he would have liked to uh, have ended off on. How important is it to get new blood from outside of the current system into a setup like uh, Cricket South Africa? I think the last international coach we had was was uh, Bob Woolmer, who wasn't uh, originally or, or here in South Africa. Do, do you think he'll come with, with new, fresh ideas and, and that will just really invigorate the entire sort of cricket fraternity once again? Yeah, I think over time we'll we'll probably see um, what Otis has to offer. Um, I don't think with any immediate series that's coming up that we'll we'll see things uh, shaken up or done anything differently. Um, for him, it's probably just making sure he gets a view of how the players operate, what they do, and and with the captain of of Fakhtu to see, he's uh, he's been really good at at leading the squad and and getting those two two donors to work together. Um, and getting players to buy into their vision and, and how they see going forward. I think 2019 is going to be a, a key goal for, for Otis um, in trying to be a lot more successful than past coaches have been um, at the ICC event. Um, and that's, uh, it's a good good one to set um, and set up all little goals and little targets in between of how what type of style of cricket they want to play and how they want to go about things. Paul, continuity at, at this level, how important is it, switching from one coach to another? I mean, looking at what Russell did, what did he do well, and, and what do you think Otis should carry through from then? What are some of the things you think he should change up? Yeah, I think it's it's, it's all about well, to the players. Um, 
how they how they see it um, in buying in and what the coach is bringing a different view and different perspective how to go about things. Um, that at the end of the day, the responsibility of the player who walks over the line. Um, the coach is there to guide them in, in how to think, how to get challenged, how they challenge themselves in, in their performances, um, and just bring something fresh to the to the dressing room. So. Even Russell's done really well over the last couple of years. I think just with the, the England series, um, it's just put him under pressure um, going forward. And with two years away, I think uh, from a World Cup, uh, the timing is he's probably there now to, to make a change. If you go beyond that, it would be tough for a new coach to have walked in and, 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 and make a, a couple of changes here and there if he wants to um, going forward. So for Otis, it's a good time period to come in. Um, starts off right away with the Bangladesh series at home, um, and then a challenging one where you'll be facing India. Yeah, so that that will be a big challenge coming up in the next couple of months, um, and planning going forward for that will be, be a good one for him. Paul, we've had some serious injury issues uh, with our with our quick bowlers over the last couple of seasons. I think of uh, the likes of Mornay Morkul, who's come back after being told he, he shouldn't be playing again and he won't play again. I mean, at the moment, Vernon Philander, Dale Stain coming back, Lungi and Giddy uh, injured. The likes of Kahisa Robata, quick bowler, youngster, we've got to be careful of workload. Do you think having somebody of of Otis Gibson's background, having played at the top level as a as a bowler himself, is is going to make a, a difference when it comes to that sort of thing and managing the workload of our quicks? Yeah, I think, look, uh, Shaw Langefeld's done a, a great job with, with the bowling unit, and um, any team, uh, cricket team, um, needs a strong bowling attack. Uh, Test cricket needs to take 20 wickets. Um, One-day cricket for me is is a, is a game where if you take wickets and you, you strike up front and work in the middle overs, you, you can work any team out. So, it's vitally important that he gets his best bowling attack all the time on the park um, and to get them fit and everyone on the same page at um, what sort of workload they need to be working at and managing that is, is so important. Um, the Connacht players regularly breaking down in series um, and it just brings uncertainty to your bowling. Is that bowler going to last the whole series? Is he going to last the test match? Um, you just need to have certainty that everyone is there and will give 100%. Um, but you can't also tell in the future if anyone's going to get injured or anything like that. But um, fitness should be uh, high on the regime. Um, you can see um, the ICC trophy, if you look at Pakistan, one of their success is that bowling attack that they've got. Um, and it's, uh, it, it, it vouches for a lot of things. So for South Africa to go forward, we've got to make sure that that bowling uh, unit is a positive one. Well, also, just finally to wrap things up, uh, I mean, we all know just be- because of, of what it is and, and here in South Africa, there, there are other issues uh, that a coach needs to deal with uh, here in South Africa, one of them being transformation targets by Cricket South Africa. Do you think that's something that uh, could could stand in the way or, or do you think Otis Gibson, it, it won't be an issue for him uh, in, in, in his tenure as coach of the Proteus? I don't think it's an issue. I think the players that we got are, are quality players, and um, um, if, uh, transforming the team is, is vitally important throughout the years as we, we move through um, uh, the cricket team's unity. Um, I go back in '96. I was the sole um, player of colour within the team, and if you look at the team recently, we're sitting at six and seven. 
So it's, uh, it's been a lot of hard work over the last uh, two decades or so um, in transforming uh, our sport within South Africa. And I think he's, uh, he's well aware of, of, of how um, to go about it and make sure that we, we, we are always making sure that the, the right team is on the park. Um, and the quality of the players that are out there is, is, is of top draw um, over the last couple of years. Paul Adams, as always, great to catch up. Thanks for your time this evening on SAFM Small Trap, and uh, really do appreciate it. Thank you, and take care. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. Good evening to you. I'm Brad Brown. If you have just tuned in, big news today with regards to the Johannesburg Open, the Joburg Open taking place uh, later on this year. And some big changes, one being a date change, one being a venue change as well. We're joined now by Michael Flismas. Michael, welcome on to SAFM Sports Trap this evening. Thanks for joining us. Big change. Moves to the Rand Park Golf Club from uh, the Royal Johannesburg in Kensington. Yes, thanks, Brad. Uh, a lot of big changes, big announcements today, as you said. Uh, firstly, the, the, the venue change. Uh, that as a result uh, of the fact that uh, the East Course at Royal Johannesburg and Kensington currently being renovated. Um, and so uh, it, it wasn't able to host, uh, host the tournament. Of course, a tournament of this size is one of the biggest um, on the European tour. Uh, it's a huge field of professionals. It needs two golf courses. You can't get them through just one golf course. So... So it needs a venue that, that can accommodate that. And uh, there are not that many of them out there. And Rand Park was able to, uh, to step in and, uh, and offer the solution. And uh, Selwyn Nathan, the executive director of the Sunshine Tour, said they, uh, you know, they've, they've got pretty much everything they need. There's no real structure build necessary there. There's a hotel. There's, uh, there's space. There's two golf courses. So uh, it's been a, a really workable solution uh, in that sense. The date change... Um, is is the sort of the eternal quest of uh, South African golf to capitalise on the best part of the golf calendar and and the golf year. That's uh, get the people, uh, the fans, just before they go off on holiday, and uh, get the world's best golfers, um, perhaps while they are on holiday in South Africa, especially our South African stars. So uh, and 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 the Nedbank Golf Challenge moving out of its traditional slot in December as a result of being part of the Rolex series opened up that window for the Joburg Open to take that week. So, so it's worked out uh, all round in that sense as well. Yeah, also, uh, you talk about big names. Uh, Louis Oosthuizen isn't confirming he's going to be playing this year, which I think is fantastic. It is. It's, it's very good news. You know, it's, 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 always, a, it's always a tricky one for the, uh, the American-based uh, golfers in terms of holidays, school semesters, all of that kind of thing when they've got children. Um, and then trying to fit in a holiday back at home as well. He's on holiday in South Africa, though, but he'll be playing, you know, he's playing the Afrasia Bank Mauritius Open as well um, as part of, a, you know, his, his, uh, second, his golf course design that he's going to be doing with Peter Makovic over there. So, uh, it, you know, it works out quite nicely in terms of his schedule that he, you know, when he's back in South Africa, that he fits in the Joburg Open. And uh, I really think it's going to be fantastic to have him there. Yeah, it sounds like a horrible working holiday, Mauritius, and then South Africa. It's, uh, yeah, someone's got to do it, I guess. But also, big news today is it's tri-sanctioned. It's the first time a tournament's been tri-sanctioned here in South Africa. Sunshine Tour, European Tour, and Asian Tour. That's pretty big. Yeah, that is very big news. You know, uh, the strength of the Sunshine Tour has always been its relationships. You know, it, uh, it, it's always punched above its weight in that sense. It, uh, it may not be the biggest in prize money. You can't compete with the PGA Tours and the European Tours, but, um, but it's got very, very strong relationships around the world. Um, the European Tour being the longest standing of that. 
and the Asian Tour just one that is, you know, becoming stronger and stronger. You know, they, they sort of dip their foot in the water with tri-sanctioning the Mauritius Open, um, and uh, that's been a, a huge success. And uh, on the back of that, you know, the, uh, the Asian Tour, um, very happy to be a partner with the Joburg Open. So they'll get 30 spots in the field of 240 professionals. 30 will go to the Asian Tour. There'll be four amateur invites, and then the rest of the field will be shared between European Tour and Sunshine Tour professionals. But it is, it's, a, it's a relationship to watch. It's one that's growing, and it offers untold new markets, really, for uh, you know, commercial markets and marketing of our South African golf tournaments in Asia. Yeah, absolutely. Also great for the, the golf tourism business, which is pretty big in South Africa too. Michael Flissmas, as always, great to catch up. Thanks for your time this evening here on SAFM Sports Trap. Much appreciated. And that is about it for the show this evening. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can be in touch. Sports at SAFM.co.za, the social media platforms as well, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. You can find us, SAFM Radio, or me personally at Big Brad Brown. Coming up uh, on the other side of your 7 o'clock news, it is the talk shop with Naledi Maleo. Uh, Maleo, welcome. Uh, she'll be with you this evening uh, for the next couple of hours talking all important things. Uh, make sure you stay tuned for that. From myself, Brad Brown, and my producer, Siobhan Chetty, thank you so much for listening. Greg Coase has got your news. It is 7 o'clock.